I wanna speak to you briefly on the subject of the things that only Jesus can do. In fact, this is why Jesus actually drew a crowd. There has to be a point of difference, right? Like in any business, in any moment, like there has to be a point of difference. And the point of difference that was really formulating around Jesus at the time was that He was a breath of fresh air, a new option for people who felt bound. I know we've all heard that He came to set the captives free and restore sight to the blind, but we don't often associate us ourselves as blind because we see. I mean, I've got my sight, but the sight you have practically is not the only thing to see. In fact, as I was getting ready for this message, I felt like God put on my heart that there are people in this room today that you are out of hope. You're surprised you even walked in this building. You're surprised you made it out here. I mean, you are just keeping it together. And I felt to tell you that hope is actually the byproduct of realizing you are right now where you stand. You are not at the end. You are just about as far as you can see. That's all. You ever been there? Like as a kid, you just can't fathom like the fact that you got to wait an extra two minutes to eat, right? When you're hungry. Like I've got kids, so this is the world I'm in. It's like you can't rationalize with them. Right? If they're hungry, it's like the world is coming to an end. But McDonald's is literally three minutes. We are on a road trip, my friend. There's not many options here. I'm not going to hunt something. I remember once I was actually with Cruz when he was little. We were at Home Depot. Triggers me. Home Depot triggers me. You ever want to get a text from your wife that'll scare you? It's a honey with a picture from Pinterest. I thought we could do this. It's easy, right? No, no, no. That's a whole workshop. And I was with Cruzy and I'm like, he's like, I'm trying to look for something in this endless maze of DIY. And I'm like, he's like, I've got to eat, Dad. I've got to eat. I'm like, well, we're going to get there. We're going to get there. And I started off lovingly because I'm a nice guy. And I was like, son, probably more angelic than that. Son, can't say. So we're going to get there. We'll be there. He just starts, he just keeps going. So eventually um, my unredeemed or more natural side came out and I was like, are you hungry? He's like, yeah, I'm hungry. Okay, eat that off that shelf. And he looked at me, he's like, but there's no food on that shelf. Exactly, son, there is no food here. Just hold on, okay? It actually clicked. Um, But as far as where he was, he needed help seeing because like he couldn't see it. As far as Cruz was concerned, there was, we were never gonna eat it. We were in a desert oasis. I wanna say to you, in your pain, your hurt, ready to throw in the towel, maybe you're just even not leaving the circumstance you're in, even though you should, but you can't, because that's all you got, because that's also a matter of hopelessness. I'm here to tell you that you're not out of hope. You're just out of vision. You're not at the end. You just arrived at about as far as you can see. And I wanna read you a verse because there are some things that only Jesus can do and let's not get it wrong. We are not ashamed about the name of Jesus in this place for the reasons that we are unmistakably telling you that He is the factor. I could preach a self-help message and I could wrap it real nice, but at the end of the day, what I know is what you go home to, practicals can't always solve. 
and what chases you, right? Because we, we go to church, we say yes to Jesus, but unfortunately addiction still waits and pain still waits and uh, hurt still waits and marriage problems don't get fixed off the back of a prayer moment all the time. And so what do we do when we are about as far as we can see? It's only Jesus. There's only some things that Jesus can do, which is why Jesus drew a crowd, which is why you in this place are about to go from a crowd for some of you to the church. Church simply defined by those who realise I'm out of options and there are some things that only Jesus can do. Let's read Luke 19 for a second. It is, it is a short verse about a short man or the short kings. Stay quiet. Now, you know, I'm, I'm there with you. Um, Jesus entered Jer- Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy because sometimes you can't work your way out of your problems. Sometimes you can't earn your way out of your problems. And let's not also forget that wealth comes with accolades and people that want to hang around and and respect. And even that sometimes doesn't do what only Jesus can do. I mean, if you've tried everything practical, maybe the spiritual is the last thing you've got. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because He was short, He could not see over the crowd. So He ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see Him since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, He looked up and said to Him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I love this part. Just these two words get me. I must. I must stay at your house today. So he came down and at once welcomed him gladly. See, Zacchaeus had it all, but there was a reputation that followed Jesus. But the thing with Jesus is you can't just hear about it, you gotta experience it yourself. You gotta know. And so what Zacchaeus did is he heard, there is a man coming to my town with a reputation to fix what I can't solve. There is a man who heals. There is a man that people are talking about. There is this man called Jesus. He doesn't sound likely, but what I need to do is I got to get a sight of this. See, Zacchaeus was out of hope, but Zacchaeus understood this, that there's always something else to see. And I'm here to tell you that today is no coincidence you're here. There's no such thing as coincidences because this is what the Bible tells us, that we have a God that draws you here. You think you said yes to the invitation. You think you finally broke. You think you're just getting it out the way. No, no, no. Something greater than you led you out of the places that you can't lead yourself. If you wanna talk about the goodness of God, it starts with intention. Your intention to be here is a testament to His goodness because you didn't wanna be here all the other Sundays or the other years, but this Sunday was different because God was walking. He was coming to town and He drew you. Zacchaeus didn't just by accident hear about Jesus coming through. No, God knew and orchestrated that this was gonna happen. And Zacchaeus finds himself in a place where hope is not enough. He has run out, but he gets the opportunity to realise he's not at the end. He just needs to see a little further. So he climbs a tree for the same reason you came to service. For the same reason that we entertain the ideas of God and Jesus, there's just one simple reason. It's because we have heard that there are some things that only Jesus can do. 
what would have taken place if that moment went on, it probably, probably would have looked like many other parts of the Bible that we can pull from, like the fact that there were people that were lame, that were taken out, that were just rejected by society, that nobody cared for, that were healed that day. The things that Jesus did was He seemed to repair what the world couldn't even comfort. Think on that for a second, that He didn't just comfort. Jesus has the ability to repair what the world can't even comfort. What the relationship in your life is falling short is quite often and sometimes not the marriage, but the weight you've placed on it. Because there are some things that not a marriage, not a friend, not a finance, not an accolade can fix, only Jesus can fix. And so real quick, I wanna help you, I wanna give you what once was given to me. As when I found myself in a service like this by accident, AKA drawing, leading of the Holy Spirit, of a Father who loves you so much that leaves breadcrumbs that you might find your way out of which is inconceivable that you will ever leave. And I walked into a service like this and what I learned that day was three things that God does. And He does, Jesus does this beautifully. Number one is this, Jesus heals. Well, how central is that to my situation? Well, uh, it's pretty central because if He can't restore your sight, you can't see further, you can't go. It's pretty central to your situation. He seemed to heal a lot of people like the lame man. And He said, then go and sin no more. He could have forgiven first, but He healed first in that moment. Jesus is a healer. And there are things that extend beyond your knee repair. And there are things that only He can heal. Because here's the thing, we can sometimes sit in places of friendships and conversations and books and they're good and they have their place, but nothing can do what only Jesus can do. Jesus heals. Are you limping through life because you've just learned to deal with your wound? carry your wound because no one can really fix your wound? Have you accepted that this is your lot in life? Well, let me challenge you that today is your opportunity to climb the tree, to stand up a little bit and look beyond where you are. Look beyond the crowd and see that there is a God that wants to heal you. Jesus heals. He heals the hurt and the wounds that came from your past. He heals the labels that you've lived under and He heals the things that you wish you would have heard. See, at the end of the day, we put too much healing emphasis on a reconciliation moment. I can't use all the examples in the world because I've got to finish this serve, but I'll give you one that I think most of us could relate to. We all have a broken relationship that has broken the way we do relationships. You know, like that one person that cheated on you that now made you skeptical about everybody in your world. How if your father just spoke different about you when you were growing up, you'd be confident. How if you just mended this? Well, look, there's merit to it, yes, but also there's not because we're not in a perfect world. Which means if your opportunity for healing is about making your way back and resolving the problem with the person that hurt you, let me tell you, you can't live in forgiveness that way. Because forgiveness there requires someone to come back to you, to fulfill what they didn't do. But the reality is forgiveness sets you free because you forgive them because of their humanity, because you're human too. Dad, I wish you did, but you're still just dad. One thing I've learned about being a dad now is that this is how life goes. I'm 16 inside, then I maybe turned 18 inside, and then I wrinkled and I got slower and I got kids, and that's life. 
I am still the same dude that would much rather eat a double cheeseburger than my vegetables. I would still rather play soccer all day. And yes, I love PlayStation. It's just, well, only sporting games. And like, don't know why I had to preface that, but amen. Um, But I got older and life moved on. And in my head, I'm young, but I'm slowing down. We expect and think that age is synonymous with better experience, but it's not. The person you're holding accountable for a title, you've forgotten that their first title is human. Only Jesus can heal you. Only Jesus will heal that wound. Only Jesus will heal your identity. Only Jesus will heal your pain. Only Jesus will heal your perspective. Some of you are struggling with the idea of Christianity because you wanna experience God here, but He's knocking here. I'm gonna put this the simplest way I can. You are finite, you have limits. He is limitless. How are you gonna fit a limitless God in your finite understanding? Do you want a finite God? Because if you are big enough to understand Him, then He's smaller. And if you can't get you out of your problems, why do you want a God that fits within your reasoning to help you? No, you need a God that's bigger than you. You need a God where you have to trust because He's that many steps ahead of you. Enter the word faith. You are somewhere where I am not. You have a perspective that I do not have. You sit outside of time and therefore I will trust you with my healing. I will trust you with my leading because there are just some things that only Jesus can do. And Zacchaeus learned that that day because Jesus' reputation preceded him. If you're trying to figure it out, I'm gonna tell you right now that figuring it out is why you're here in the first place. You need God to knock on the doors of your heart. The second thing that Jesus does is He redeems. Years ago, I read about this man that was in prison falsely and um, he basically got let out. He was in prison for murder. He got in prison for 25 years. They realised you weren't even in the state where the murder happened when it happened. Lost his, his marriage. Kid went to the streets. How do you repair that? I thought at least some sort of compensation. I then since have met some, uh, a friend through my kid's school that uh, he, he fights and advocates for people that have been wrongly imprisoned. And I was like, what on average do they get back? I mean, they've lost years. What, what do they get back? He's like, at best, at best, if it goes well, we often only get them about $10,000. How many of us though, maybe haven't been in prison, maybe don't need someone to advocate like that for us, but how many of us have lost things and we're looking at things to redeem and we're not even coming close? How many of us lost the essence of family and your rush to get married is because you wanna redeem the family you never had and build one that you've always wanted. But what we do is we put an unfair, relentless weight on the things that we're trying to get back in our life. But you can't because only Jesus can redeem. But here's the good thing. He is a supernatural God. Now there is merit to believing in a supernatural God. What does that mean? It means that He is not confined by the natural. I had, there's this guy that is is known for, he's a scientist and he's known for just being just very incredible thinker and he's got a problem with God. And I dare say it's your problem with God and it definitely was my problem with God. And it is based on this simple ideology that if God is all good, then He can't be all powerful. Because... Why did He let that happen? And if He's all powerful, then He can't be all good because He let it happen. But what if this scientist has put Jesus in a Petri dish in a controlled environment when Jesus exists in a very real world? Meaning my God is outside of time and we were made from outside of time, living in time now, but we will go back to being outside of time. Eternity is in your life, whether you like it or not. 
And so God doesn't need this small playing field to prove Himself. No, God proves Himself and identifies Himself and lets you meet Him in this playing field. But His ability to redeem is not limited to this world. He will redeem in this time and He will redeem in the next. Which is why saying yes to Jesus is the greatest insurance policy you'll ever have because there are some things that only Jesus can do. And those things in the area of redemption are God can give you back through Jesus what this world took in this life. And He definitely will give you more than that the next. Only Jesus redeems. Only Jesus can take. Now, here's the newsflash. You are struggling to believe that there is a God. Newsflash, you better believe it because there's actually a devil. Oh man, that's kind of great. No, if there's a God, there's a devil. And let me tell you this, the devil hates you. Why? I didn't do anything to him. You exist. And what's worse is that you were made in the image and likeness of God. You know, if a real enemy wants to get back at an enemy, he goes after their children because there's nothing that an enemy loves more than their children. You are marked not because you did something, but because you were born into something. You are marked because you were made in the likeness and image of God. And from that moment, the devil has made you a mark. He has been trying to take your innocence. He's been trying to take your joy. He's been messing with your identity because the best way to get somebody to not get back to their father, if you can't mess with the image of the father, you gotta mess with the image of the children. The Father's image cannot be changed. He is who He says He is. He's always been and He always will be. But what He can do is make you feel inferior, make you feel not enough. You don't look like your dad. You don't act like your dad. You are not loved by your dad. Why? He has caused this great idea in our society that love is about agreeance. If He doesn't agree with me, then He can't love me. No, 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 no. Agreeance is not love. What's there to prove love to if you already think the same? Your greatest moment to to actually show love is when people don't deserve it. The greatest time to prove love is when someone lets you down. What proves a father's heart is the fact that the doors are always open and the son and daughter can always come home. Love is not about agreeing. Love is about accepting. But accepting doesn't mean you accept everything. Accepting still holds standards, which is why it makes it acceptance. Otherwise, it's agreeance. Let me tell you this. If you think that God needs to agree with everything you do in order to love you, you'd be mistaken. You'd be flawed and you are living in an echo chamber of people who think like you, but that's not true love. You need to find yourself in a place because they say this, to be truly loved, you must be truly known. You must be your full broken self in front of a perfect God in order to experience true love. Because true love is the most, is there a better picture? A a perfect God looking at imperfect creation saying, I love you. You know why marriage is different than dating? Because it's now locked in. Up until when we were dating, where's Orza? Orza was, she's over there, just side, hey, what's up? Um, Orza loved rugby, loved it. She loved sport until we got married. I'm like, babe. Wallabies, all black. She's like, I'm not into that. What? The deception. The real you comes out in marriage because you're under covenant. How nice would it be to be the real you and be accepted anyway, loved anyway? 
That's what Jesus does. And because Jesus does that, He helps us move towards the things we're called to do. And there starts the process of redemption. God and only God can redeem your losses, redeem your personality, redeem your pain, redeem your peace, redeem your innocence, redeem every aspect of your life. I don't care if you, I mean, this is how powerful the concept of redemption is. You could be the most promiscuous person in the world and on your marriage day, you would be seen as a virgin. He has the ability to restore. He has the ability to change. God redeems. And the last thing is this, only God can save. Now, yes, there are people that can save you out of a drowning ocean. Uh, if you're from Australia, that's the end of your like identity as you know it. I almost drowned once, but I almost chose drowning. <laughs> I, I literally swam to rocks with oysters on them because I was like, if, if, if a man with blonde locks from Australia saves me from this ocean, my reputation is dead. So I, either Jesus, I'm coming home or I'm gonna make it to that shoreline. But there comes a point when you understand that the ocean is bigger than you, that you feel forced to raise your hand. And the truth is that we all need saving and I wanna break in you the pride that says that's not true. I wanna tell you that everybody needs saving because the ocean called life is bigger than you, the swimmer in it. But only Jesus can save you, okay? Plans might help you, things might soothe you, but only Jesus can save you. And I said it and I'll end this way, that you were made from eternity, breathed into time, and you are going back to eternity. This life is but a breath. Now, it would seem to me that the greatest odds of you having the best life while you're on earth would be with the one who created it and created you. And it would seem that the things that are troubling you are not things that practical things can fix. So it would seem that this intangible God is the answer to your intangible problems called depression. Can't, you can't point it out to me. It's called fear. You can't name it to me. It's called loneliness. It doesn't have an identity to it. No, there are tangibles or tangible intangibles that are ruling and holding you captive. Jesus, what He did on a cross is everything that you're ashamed of and everything you wish you could erase. That's why Jesus went to the cross. He paid a price for your shame, for the things that you wouldn't even tell me, no matter how close we got as pastor and friend and whatever, you wouldn't tell me because you'd be worried that I couldn't give you the love that only He can. I would have to agree with you, but only He can fully love you. And that is why He went on that cross. And then it says that He stole the keys from the pits of hell. And who had the keys? Well, the people that were imprisoned by the man that imprisons, the devil himself. And what Jesus did is He brought the keys so that He might open up that door and let you out of the pain that you've been locked in, out of the insecurity you've been held in, out of the problems you live in, out of the fear and the diagnosis and the things that you think will never change. I'm here to tell you that today is not the end. It's just as far as you can see. But there is an opportunity for you to climb a little higher and say yes to a Jesus that is there for you because there are some things that as much as we wish there was another answer, there is not. There are just some things that only Jesus can do. So while every head is bowed and every eye is closed and you're standing there or sitting there and you're saying, man, Chris, that's me. I'm, I'm at the end of my road. Some of you are still a bit concerned with the fact that you haven't figured it all out. I'm here to tell you that's okay, we won't. We're gonna keep learning about Him. But let's be true to this moment. In this moment, does it sound true that you need a Saviour? In this moment, does it sound true that only He could redeem? In this moment, does it sound true that you need healing and He could heal you? If that is the case and you are here, I wanna give you the simple fact. The Bible says, if you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ died and rose again, you shall be saved. Saved 
from having to fulfill those three points today by yourself. Whether you once knew Jesus but walked away or you're here for the first time and you're saying, Chris, I want you to pray for me. I want to accept Jesus into my heart as my Lord and Saviour. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to bring you down the front. I just want to know who I'm praying for. And the way you're going to do that is on the count of three. You're going to raise your hands quickly. I'll see them and you're going to put them straight back down again. And I'm going to know who I'm praying for. One, two, three, go. All over this room. Thank you. I see that hand. 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 I see that hand right there. I see that hand back there. I see that hand over there. Is there anybody else saying yes to Jesus all over this place? Some people coming home to Jesus, up the back further. Come on, why don't we stand to our feet? People, church, can we give God a shout of praise? Hey, like I said, believe in your heart, confess with your mouth. This is where we pray and we confess that we are free. If guiding Jesus into our heart as our Lord and Savior, it's where you give Him license to be in your life. In your life. If you didn't pray this, if you didn't raise your hand, but you wish you did, I want you to pray this meaningly, like mean it. Pray it with me. If you're front to back, left to right, and this is home, you know we pray this with everybody. So let's raise our voices and let anybody uh, like be left standing alone. Amen? All right, repeat after me. Dear Lord Jesus, I ask you to my heart, as my Lord and Savior. I thank you. You forgive me of all my sin. I have a hope, a future, and a destiny through a relationship with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 So um, we have a digital assistant in church, kind of like uh, Siri, and she's there to help you connect with all the things in church. Uh, by texting that number, that's how you meet Renee, and then she will help you and tell you what's next in the steps of your journey of faith. Uh, I want to encourage you, text that number, stay connected with what's happening in the life of this church. We want to also give you this gift. It's one of the Gospels. We want to let you leave with this because this is the greatest thing you should look into when you're feeling at, like restless at night, instead of infinite scrolling, read this because this is where freedom starts. I wanna give you that as a gift. And then church, um, we got heaps going on in the life of this church. And um, I wanna kind of put to you that uh, your best day is on the other side of relationships, okay? You can't do this alone. Church news, we're not gonna play it today because we're over time. But what we will do is we'll make sure it's available through Renee and you'll know everything that's happening in the life of the church. But anyway, church, we love you. And I wanna challenge you and encourage you to find space this week to climb the proverbial tree, lift up your sight, lift up the name of Jesus over your pain, your circumstance or your bad day. And let's let God direct us because it's not always the end. It's just about as far as you can see. Amen. Let me pray for you. Father, bless your people. Enlarge their, Father God, their life. Help us move into every appointment you have for us. Set us free. Give us freedom. Give us healing. Give us breakthrough. More than anything, change us and challenge us to be who you called us to be. In Jesus' name, amen. We love you, church.